Well, hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shawnee. And today, we are talking about Lover Avenged, the Black Dagger Brotherhood by J.R. Ward. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to let you know that our season two giveaway is live on our Instagram at Romance at a Glance. You can win a signed hardcover of The Sinner. The giveaway closes on March 24th at midnight. Good luck, dear listeners. Let's get poppin'. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. So, I know that we usually start at the beginning, but I could not wait to tell you this. I cannot believe that I completely forgot that Zex gets kidnapped at the end of this book. Oh my God, Bridget. How did you start there right now? I'm sorry. (laughs) I had to. In case anyone is wondering, there's going to be spoilers all over this podcast, but I literally got to that part and I must have blanked that out of my memory because I was like, not Zex, not Zex. (laughs) First of all, I was like, how can you use the same, like, the same thing that happened to, like, Zadis and then how, how and why does everybody get kidnapped? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but all, was, also, you're like, dealing with, no. like, undead creatures and you're like, okay, they would be kidnapping fools. That seems like. Also, Lash in this book but was she, a creepy mofo. I mean, he really was. But also, I was, like, really upset about how easily Zex was, like, got. <laughs> She got got so fast. She got 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 so fast and so easily. I mean, he was fighting against Rage's Beast, and he was, like, totally knocked it out and holding his own. So he's clearly got some mojo. I guess so. He, like, punched her in the side of the head. Yeah. So Okay. Let's rewind quickly and go back (sighs) to the beginning. I had to get that off my chest. It's been a whole week of not talking to you, and it has been eating me alive. It, it really has. So, book seven, Black Dagger Brotherhood. This is the book in which we talk about Riverhead and Elena. I was super stoked for their book. Were you stoked? I was super stoked. So stoked. First of all, in real life, I'm not a huge tattoo fan. Yes. Or Mohawk fan, necessarily. Uh-huh. Or Pimp King fan. Or Fur Sable <laughs> fan. Or Bentley Driving Fool fan. However, the combination package of all of those things into one majestic creature with a dirty talk. Oh, he gave her that dirty talk. He was like over the phone. He was like, are you ready for me? And I was like, oh, she going to come so hard. (laughs) I'm so excited for her. She going to get it. She going to get it over the phone. I loved him. I, I love Mohawks. I I I will accept a pimp cane. And like it's like what it's one of those things where like if the swag is right, then I accept it. I'll accept the mohawk and the fur and the pimp cane. I mean, if he is owning it and delicious, I'm like, yes. However, if they if the confidence is not there and it's more like a pretentious, then it goes all the way wrong yeah. very quickly. Very I quickly. Totally agree. I did like on this book cover. That we had a hottie for the first time, not just a wash mm-hmm. of color with some lips on necks. This was the first time we had a hot eye dude, contact, eye contact, tattoos, different mm-hmm. color scheme. I did wish that his eyes were glowing amethyst, though. Oh, that would have been good. Wouldn't that have that been nice? Been yeah. uh, but however, I was excited about it. I was excited about the change. It helps me distinguish which book it is from the other six. Dear God. <laughs> And also, I he's, he's not a brother. Huh? Yeah. But it was the first one who wasn't a brother as oh, well. Oh, is that so, why it's different? 
That's probably yeah, so, so well, that, smart. That's why I thought that the book was different. So you could tell like which ones are the brother ones and which ones are not. I could have just made that up though. Like, Whoa, my mind just got blown. <laughs> I did not even think of that. And that is obviously the reason. Even if it's not, it should obviously be the reason. I mean, it should be. Also, like I was getting tired of all those other like <laughs> book covers. I know. I can never tell them apart. In one of the interviews with J.R. Ward that I read, she was talking about Payne's book. And she goes, that book already happened. She's like, I think it's like Lover Unleashed, maybe? Like, she can't even tell her own title <laughs> so far. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good. Which leads me into my author fun facts for today's podcast. Ooh, author fun facts. Okay, this one blew my mind. Okay. So I feel like normally when people are going through something that is as complicated as the series, they have some sort of show Bible, which is what you would say in TV, or they have some sort of like complex timeline on their wall, or they have something physical manifesting to organize all the characters, all the timelines, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, she has nothing. She keeps it all in her head. But that's uh, it. Just keeps it in her head. There's not even like a, like a, a rough outline no, she just keeps not everything. A random. She has. She said she has an assistant who will go back and like double check and make sure if she's like, oh, that was that time, right? Like she has an assistant who will go back and make sure. But other than that, she just keeps everything in her mind. See, I think her assistant has a timeline on a wall and like, probably and they're at their house. You know what I mean? Because she's like, I I'm not a beast like this woman. <laughs> So JR's here flitting around like, oh, I keep it all in my mind. But really, she has like a frantic assistant who looks like a beautiful mind at her house and red <laughs> yarn going, <laughs> going all over the place. You know what's <laughs> funny is that's the perfect image. And also, I honestly think JR Ward probably doesn't ask her very much. Because the way she describes how she gets all these stories, it's like watching a movie fully formed and I just write it down. Like, I feel like she does just have it all... In the in the noggin. That's fantastic. So my second fun fact of the day today, Shani, is uh-huh. that J.R. Ward feels like, this is her words, not mine, that she doesn't do well writing girls. She's better at writing the dudes. I mean, I believe that. I believe it. I totally believe that. Yeah. I kind of believe that she's all she's very masculine in her energy. Mm. Even though she's like this socialite, like she feels very masculine to me when I look at her or see her in interviews or whatnot. So I really think like uh that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Bridget. Yeah. Okay. So the problem with the Black Dagger Brotherhood that I'm having, yes. it's a problem with myself, right? Which is mm-hmm. that I did not properly read these books. I'm going to admit it. When I first read these books, the first two times around, I did not properly read them. I skimmed them. I, I passed chapters. I did not even pay attention to some of these subplot things and whatever. And now as I'm taking notes as I go and seeing that every book is not about the the couple it is completely about the world and it just so happens to be kind of skewed from the perspective of this couple at that moment like this is the same as the last book where there was so much of everyone else versus like the actual you know couple who the book's supposed to be about and I'm I'm like dang (laughs) I feel like I'm reading a like a book I've never read before (laughs) Yes, I completely agree. I do feel like I maybe never read this book, even though I know I've read it multiple times. I do think in this book, thankfully, their romance for me took a better place than in Cormia and Fury's book. So Cormia and Fury, as we discussed in the last podcast, check it out if you haven't listened. 
I really feel like nothing happened between them to justify them ending up at the end. They had very little scenes together. Whereas in this book, I felt like a lot of the book was them like talking on the phone, establishing a relationship, like, you know, her going to his penthouse and them having dinner and then having their little sexy time. And then, you know, like, so they, I felt like they were establishing, you know, when his mom died, she was the first person he called and they stayed on the phone for a long time. They were both like opening up. Obviously he wasn't telling her he's like a pimp and a drug dealer and, you know, sleeping with Leaving out small details. (laughs) Yeah. Like being blackmailed by his crazy half stepsister and having sex with him with scorpion venom every month. But aside from those large things. Uh, I thought that their romance for me felt uh, like justified. Like when Elena yeah. goes for him at the end, I was like, yeah, of course she'd go for him. Yeah. I kind of wish that um, Elena had a bit more presence in earlier books so mm. that I felt, uh, so I felt a little bit more connected to her at the start of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think that revenge actually his like, you know, like suavecito, like that, that, you know, that machismo that he has, yeah, really like, like revved up the fire. For me, Fury was just a big womp, wet blanket yes. or whatever. Yes, but like revenge, I couldn't wait to get here. You know, yeah. I do wish that the book were steamier. I do wish that it had it had more. This was definitely a feels book. Feels. I was getting it. Look at my face. I was getting it in the feels, Shawnee. Yes, I did actually say that it was very romantic it was book, very which romantic. I wasn't expecting from revenge you know Mm -hmm. like I I was like this feels like an innocent love even though it's really I mean it's not but it did feel like that it gave you that like very um uh yeah very feelsy I liked her point of view of when he was like are you sure that you want to like come to my bed and she was like time is too short like why not enjoy life why not take the good moments I thought that's just a generally good plan for all humanity to really embrace the good in life. Uh, And I was like, yeah, obviously, if revenge was asking me if I wanted to go to bed, my answer would be like, where's the mattress? Where's the couch? Like, where where are we going to go? Where's the counter? Where are you going to worship me with your tongue for the next hour? That I I loved. I loved that. In this book, because like even with the lessers and stuff, like them being impotent, that I love that there's a lot more emphasis put on like uh, the woman's pleasure. And in this book specifically, I was just like, well, he can't bang her. So he's like, I got to show her a good time, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, color me like, a gentleman. <laughs> I know. And like the bonded male thing of like always wanting to like take care of her and make sure she's happy. Um, what are your thoughts about the penis barb? Tell me, Shawnee. I secretly love the penis. I love part. it. I I'm love like, it. I'm yes, like, what does that mean? I'm like, me? it sounds great. It's like dogs. Like I figure dogs it's like, have that. Yeah. So like, um, I learned this the funny way where there was these two dogs banging in front of um, <laughs> in front of my neighbor's house, and I went to scare them. Right. <gasps> and if you the dog's penis barbs into her, so she, so like it doesn't let go. Like oh, it swells in there because he's raping her. You mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically, she she can't get away. So it swells, and so until it gets soft, it can't come out, right? So if you scare them mid, like, you know, whatever, 
they get stuck together as they're running away. Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it is a sad and and funny but sad sight to see. And so I didn't know that. Uh, somebody had to explain that to me after. I'm like, what just happened? That was the most <laughs> crazy. <laughs> That's literally the craziest thing I've ever heard. So I, I'm assuming him. It's the same way. Sympaths are seen as like a negative type of um, person in the society. So and they do do a lot of raping according to this book like a lot of stealing and raping so maybe a thing that's like built in so that somebody can't escape when they're when they're doing their thing it's also a highly vulnerable moment for them because they are stuck wherever they sure. are until they can be not hard yeah <laughs> all right let's go but, back to the beginning i know dear listeners i apologize i dropped the zex bomb and we've really gone down a rabbit hole but let's reverse back to the beginning the book opens with Revenge and Montrag together, and Montrag is telling Revenge his plot to assassinate Wrath. Yes. Uh, little does Revenge know, or actually he mostly knows, but you know Montrag is going to put this all on Revenge at some point because he knows that he's a sympath and get him sent to the colony. Uh, I thought that Revenge's way of dealing with this by sending Zex to slit the man's throat and carve his eyeballs out seemed pretty just. I mean, <laughs> that was a... <laughs> That was a badass scene. I loved that scene. And in general, I love when Zex is said to assassinate somebody or she kills somebody. She gets so excited about it. I love she's it. She's so excited. And she's always trying to put things in people's mouths. Like uh-huh. she put Grady's penis and balls in his mouth. Yep. I mean, send send a message, why don't you? If you're yep. gonna if you're gonna be out there talking, you might as well send a really good message. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be out there assassinating, you just live your best life while you do it. You assassinate. And I love how, you know, I love how they describe she took his eyes and put them in a velvet box. Yeah. And like, I was just like, oh, this is so lovely. Because she's going to deliver them to her, her liege, you know, to revenge. You know? So good. Like to, and then revenge is going to give them to wrath, which yeah. I was like, uh, very excited Um I was very excited about it. I, I like the part where Wrath asked Revenge, like, did you think about killing me? And Revenge was like, yeah. Yeah. I decided not to. <laughs> He's like, you know, my sister's part of your guys' crew, and now you owe me one, basically. <laughs> he didn't say, like, oh, because I feel allegiance to you or anything. He's like, no, now you owe me one. <laughs> yeah, I I liked Wrath's arc. I completely forgot that he was in this book so much. So at the mm-hmm. beginning, he's losing his vision, getting all these horrible headaches, and he's actually out fighting in the streets of Caldwell all alone, which is just a dumb move. And he even says later, like, I knew it was dumb, but I was worried someone was going to stop me, and I, like, didn't know what else to do. Um, and eventually then, you know, he goes fully blind, and I love, like, him getting his seeing eye dog. This book really made, like, solidified Mary for me as, like, a dope-ass lady. Yeah, uh, with how she helped Wrath. Um, but I totally forgot that he's in this book so much and that he really, at the end of the book, embraces being a king versus still trying to hold on to being a brother. Yeah. So one pairing in this book that gave me so many feels was Elena and her dad. I thought their story was particularly poignant and cute. And so cute. Just such a good, like, she's such a good daughter. I thought the fact that he loves her so much, um, even in his schizophrenia, even in his sort of madness that he recognizes when he gives her the book, that there's a whole part about how he knows how hard it is for her and how much of a burden he is and that he loves her and he's so proud of her. And I just thought it was really beautiful. 
I just, I like that, you know, that she now knows like, well, two things. One, that in those moments where he is lucid, uh, that he is appreciative of all that she does for him. Yeah. And sometimes probably even when he's not lucid, somewhere in the back of his brain knows that he's being too much <laughs> for her, but he, but he can't help it. You know, I think that one, that's a great thing, but two, it's really sad that she knows that he knows that he's trapped in there. And that I think is a hard realization to have, but so sweet. She was such a good daughter. I did think she, it was nice too, that the, in the book, she realized that he wasn't as unhappy as she thought he was, that in his madness, he found some, some happiness. Well, not with that nurse coming over. I don't <laughs> doing the crosswords and her fuzzy slippers, broken socks with her socks on. I mean, when she was like, "Oh, you're not gonna be able. To, I'm not gonna be able to pay you anymore." She's like, "That's okay. Yeah, I'll keep, I don't I'll mind. keep coming." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cute. And I did really like that. You know, Montrag obviously got what he deserved from Zax when she slit his throat and cut his eyeballs out, but also. It turns out that he was the one who screwed over Elena's dad and family and stole all of their money. And so it's kind of karma. And she even says, like, there's karma for you because now they're the only living heirs and they end up re-inheriting everything right back. Yes, that was a good karma moment. I was like, yes, karma's a bitch. And, and now I, we rich. Yeah. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Uh, the... And I love the Dogen. First of all, I don't feel like you give enough appreciation. I am always talking about how much I love Fritz. I think he's the cutest. He literally got a Labrador – or didn't get a Labrador and instead got a Golden Retriever seeing eye dog because the other Dogen liked to vacuum. That is the sweetest <laughs> man on the planet. It's the sweetest that man. That was so He's not funny. a man. I know he's not a man, but he's the sweetest. Yeah. I So I was not really sure what Dogen were. Exactly. I thought they were just, I thought Dogen was just another word for like servant. No, but they're like a subspecies. Yeah, they're quite literally a subspecies that likes to serve. Yeah. It makes me feel better about them now because I just thought they were, like they were like slaves. Little slaves. <laughs> like, like, like Dobby. Oh, <laughs> like the, Dobby the house elf. Yeah. No. That's what I thought they were like. I thought they were kind of like in service because they were like maybe not as intelligent or not as whatever. Or I don't no. know, whatever it is. Fritz but is so I happy to be serving. He's And also, like, I don't feel like you, like, they take such pride in it and, like, being servants for the, or Dogen for the same family for generations and generations. And when Elena and her father go... You know, the lady, the lady Dogen is so happy. She's like, the house is so different since you've come. We're so happy. I love well, yeah. them. Now this, I mean, this book and slightly last book, let me, give me a better peek into what the Dogen were really doing and what they really like, that they love to do that. Mm-hmm. I, before that, I just thought they were slaves. But now I was like, oh, no, they like to clean and they like to be of service and they like mm-hmm. to be, you know, and I can, I mean, I can relate to that in, in a way, like in general, like. As a doula, like I like to be of service to people, mm-hmm. so I can understand that. Now I'm not so much like, oh, they were, they were just kind of like, I don't know. No, just they're like of part the- of the family. They're like an important part of the fabric of the society of the race. Yeah, but I feel like I didn't get that in the beginning. <laughs> it's probably because you skim read all these books the first time, as we've discovered. Look, at, don't judge me for looking for the sex, okay? I That's was what looking, you were doing. You're only looking for the nookie. I was looking for the nookie, okay? we uh, Let's just call a spade a spade. 
But I did think that um, in this book particularly, I did like the Dogen. I did. They were super valuable. And I like that um, the Dogen doesn't want to tell um, Elena about the murder Mm -hmm. that happened and that revenge, you know, with revenge and whatever. And she's like, consider it a direct order. Yeah. And she's (laughs) like, okay. And then the Dogen's like, well, in that case, I have to tell you. Uh, can we talk about one, speaking of the Nookie, uh, when Elena goes to Revenge's house and Revenge doesn't tell her which tower side he's on and she oh. materializes onto Jane and Vicious's side and there's like fucking black candles everywhere and the rack and all the sex tools and toys and he's like hopping up there and starting to strap himself in and Jane's like, oh, are you on the wrong side? Revenge is on the other side. <laughs> like totally normal. And Elena's like, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yep. I just thought, like, the, her first thought was like, oh, fuck, no, I'm yeah. not into this. She's like, <laughs> nope. this is not what I signed up nope. for. I'm going to need to get out of here really quickly. Not today, <laughs> Satan. Not doing it. And then not. and then they're like, oh, he's on the other side of the house. And she was um, she's like, I'm just going to go around. And they were like, yeah, that's for the best. Yeah. Yeah, and then she gets in there and he's like, oh, were they, were, everything's okay. They weren't doing anything. And she's like, well, of course you can't hear them. They're using ball gags. And I was like... <laughs> So good. Also, though, I was newly annoyed with the fact that he's the one climbing on the rack. Yeah. And like, you don't. Okay. Maybe you can tell me if this is true or not, because perhaps I'm wrong. Okay. But in my mind, someone who is a dominant like that, who enjoys getting sexual pleasure from dominating others, can also, for someone else, be their submissive. They don't only have to be a dom. Yes. However, it feels like to never be a dom again would be out of character. So, okay. So one, as somebody who is a switch, which means I go between being dominant or submissive, um, it's very, very possible for people to, for him to, um, for them to be playing that way that night. Like there's nothing to say that he isn't, dominant most of the time but sometimes needs to be submissive it could have just been that night for them um my partner and i are both switchy so we go between being dominant and submissive or he's submissive or whatever back and forth um he's more dominant leaning like so i tend to be more submissive in our dynamic and he's more dominant in our our dynamic but like there's a lot of couples that or there are doms who are like 99.9% doms, but they will be submissive to like one very specific like dominatrix. Or uh, the other thing, lastly, is that some doms don't believe you can be a good dom unless you have learned to be a submissive to someone Mm, else. I can see that actually. Like learning, learning like the trust that they're giving you, giving it to someone else and seeing what it's like. Yes. So my point is that he, in his book, if you guys haven't listened to our episode, you can listen to the entire diatribe that Shawnee and I did on how we thought it was going to be a much kinkier book than it was. But in his book, before he meets Jane, he is just going ham on some fools as they're dumb. And they are loving it. Mm-hmm. And then when he meets Jane... All of his mental thing is like, oh, she knows how much it turns me on. I'm going to teach her, like, you know, what it means to, you know, disobey me. So he's like, in his mind, he's like acting, at least 
the way I read it, as a dom. Like, oh, she's my submissive and she's doing this on purpose to rile me up. Yes. But then he never dominates her. And that, I guess, is my point, is that because he never dominates her in those books, and then in this one, too, he's also being tied down. I'm thinking, like, she's always the dom. Which feels wrong to me. I'm I'm totally on board with what you're saying here. Yeah. Right? Because... We were promised a dom. We were promised that, like, I, I feel like it was insinuated that, you know, he was going to be dominating her. And we never got to see that. And, like, that's some bullshit. So I do understand your frustration where he, he's, like, hopping up on the thing. I'm like, no, like, yeah. like we want to see. <laughs> like, I, I enjoyed the interaction with Jane where Jane's like, you might want to go before things get crazy. Like, I enjoyed it. But also I feel like how much cooler would it have been if Jane is like hooking herself up and sees her and like grins and waves through the window and yeah. then and then V like s- like growls at her or something because she's not supposed to be moving or whatever, and like I feel like that to me would have been like just more interesting, yeah, more interesting, well, think, more more not interesting, more fulfilling of what fulfilling I, what of, I would have thought was going to happen. I feel like it's fulfilling of what we were promised. Right. Like, if it had been always that Jane was the dominant and that was their storyline, then I feel like this would be super, you know, on point. But it's not. We weren't. That's She was only dominant one time. He gave up control. So I didn't see it happening that they were going to be continuously, like, she was going to be continuously dominant, especially because she wasn't a dominant. No. She was just really, she was vanilla. Yeah. And he gave, he let her be dominant for like one night. So I'm missing some story here. I'm yeah, missing- he gave it to her like as a gift of trust. Yeah. Like I've never trusted anyone like this, but I need this from you. Like I need to trust you. Okay, yeah. you guys go listen to that this episode. Is- I don't want to talk about that anymore in this okay. episode. Okay, but I just want to point out, this is why JR needs like a timeline on the wall. She needs like some notes on the wall because she's missing. There's a there's a gap here. There's yes. a gap. That's a gap. Okay, I'm done. We found the gap. <laughs> Speaking of the Commodore, let's talk about the other half of the penthouse. I thought the dinner he set out for her and the description of how sad he was when she left and he was like, oh, she's not going to stay. I'm not worth it. Like, I'm just like a whore and a kingpin and like not a good person. She's so good. And like the description of her seeing him and wanting to help him with like a second chance and that everyone deserves to be saved and loved. Uh, And I thought that their sexy time was sexy as hell, even though there was actually no like vaginal penetration sex. Yeah. I was, but he he, was he made it. sure that she knew his name. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Yes, she did. Yes, don't she leave did. a girl in doubt. <laughs> no, he was like, let me. And also, I thought it was interesting because obviously we know that him and Zex are half sympath, but I thought this was one of the first times where I really understood like how the biology was fighting in them. So, like, you know he has to do dopamine to, like, suppress it. But it was nice to see, like, oh, the vampire side is taking over because she's near and because he's bonded to her. Which, do you think at the end of the book he's going to have to stop taking dopamine forever because now she's, like, his anchor into the vampire, into the balance of his own nature? Mm. I mean, when she was near, she she helped balance him. But when she wasn't near, he was... He still had to like take dopamine. So I don't know if she's gonna be that. But at the end yeah, but he okay, here's my reasoning. Because that was before he actually claimed her. 
sexually oh, and blood like and bonded blood wise yeah but now huh. that he's fully bonded with her his vampire self stays higher up at least okay. equal that's what i'm okay. thinking i will give it to you if he's feeding from her regularly I think there were there's a great chance that there's going to be a lot of biting. As it was described yes. after they spent the day together, both of them had bite marks all over <laughs> and had just been fucking for like 24 hours. I also really like that he didn't um, uh, really use his sympath abilities on her. Like he didn't coerce her in, in any way. And I, uh, I think maybe one time he helped calm her or something. But like in general, he didn't try to like induce her you know, sexually or to get her on his side mm-hmm. with like his, uh, with his powers. And I, I really like that about the story. Yeah. And he like didn't implant any suggestion thoughts. Like he didn't read her mind. I think the only time he, he read her emotions a couple times, but I think the only time he really read her emotions is when they were in the car on the way home from the colony. And he like basically didn't believe that she actually loved him until he felt her emotional grid and felt the depth of it. Ugh, also, can we talk can... about that inappropriate hand job that she gave him in the car on the way home? <laughs> so first of all, there are other people with super hearing in this car. Escalades are big, but they're not that big. This isn't like a school bus where you're like 50 feet away. You're like max eight feet from anyone in this car. And he's like talking about, do you feel this barb on my penis? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, it's going to stick into you and keep us locked together. And she's like, ooh, I want to try it out. And he's like, mm, me too. And then she's like, let me take care of you. And strokes him to orgasm if no one, and they're making out as if no one could hear. And then she's like, mm, I want to feel that inside me. And I was like, other people, this rude. <laughs> you crazy. I told you. I told you super hearing is the one superpower that like people always forget about. They put it in their books and then they forget to like adhere to the rule of of that superpower. Yeah. Because so pe- even like, okay, so It ra- doesn't turn rage, on and off. No, rage and vicious are in the seat. Rage and vicious are in the seat ahead of them. And, but neither of them are passed out. Like- Rage is described as having just vomited multiple times because he was the beast and eating lessers. And then he looked sick like he might throw up again. And Vicious, you know, looks sick because he clearly has a concussion. But neither of them are, like, unconscious. (laughs) And even, Shawnee, even someone with regular person hearing would have heard the nitty gritty in the back. I would have been like, this is not the time for y'all to be jacking it. First of all, Bridget. Bridget, you just painted like the greatest picture. Like somebody's like vomiting. It's like the non sexiest moment of yeah. all time. Vin- and it's like revenge right is now. Like eighty. You know that smell of vomit that really gets my yeah. goat. <laughs> He's like eighty pounds down. I just made up a number, but it feels like it got to be like eighty. Has been a month and he hasn't eaten or fed. She gives him a little blood, and all of a sudden, she's like, oh, I'm not worried you're bleeding all over. I'm going to give you a handy. I was like, you're a nurse. You're a nurse, Elena. Should have been like, you need to calm down till we get back. Once he was talking about his dick and put his hand on it, I feel like she should have been like, let's talk about this when we get home. Well, I feel like she, with with revenge, she doesn't make the best decisions. No, like in general, you know, she steals the medication yeah. from her job and gets right. fired. Right, like always when it comes to him, she doesn't. I feel like in her regular day life, she she generally sound, makes good decisions, has to be responsible. But it's like they say, like self control is a muscle. 
Yeah. Um, and so if you use it too much, it pretty much gives out. And I feel like with revenge, it like gave out. Like yeah. she's been doing this grind for so long that finally here's a little bit of something and she's just like, fine, fuck it. Yeah. Let's go. Boss of the walls. Yeah. But like, but I have to say though, like sometimes with the right partner, mm-hmm. you can, like, I do not like PDA. I'm, I've never been a, like, out in the streets, making out type of person, never made out under the bleachers. But like with the right person, you can start kissing them in public and you just forget where so you I don't, are. I don't disagree with that. I have gone what some might describe as too far in public many a time. <laughs> However, I was not locked in a car with my actual friends while driving home from a battlefield and all of us are bleeding and half of us are vomiting or nauseous. <laughs> So I draw the line. So I draw the line. Also, at this point, I guess maybe she didn't want to worry him that Zex was missing. But at this point, Zex is missing and no one knows where she is. So you would think everyone would be like flipping the fuck out. I was appalled by how nonchalant Zex missing was at the end of the book. Like, it once the fighting is over and they get him and nobody can find Zex and they're like, oh, she just left or she just... And it's like, no, you guys came as a unit, as a team. There's yeah. no re- way she would have left. You should be up in arms searching for her right now. Right. Like, and the I fact the that reason, every, everybody's going home to regroup and do a thing. I mean, I think the reason they were definitely described as not having any more fight in them that day, <laughs> especially since, you know, Rev's the only thing keeping the sympaths away from him and he's literally like hanging on by a breath. So I think, I guess I I do think that the alarm should have been sounded a little more aggressively. Yes. But I also can see why they were like, yo, we got to go. Otherwise we're going to lose a lot more people than just the one. Yeah. Also, Lash was sneaky as fuck. Just like whooshed her in some Omega Miss and he just disappeared her. Okay. Can you just explain something to me though? Like how does the bonding scent really work because or like the bonding really work okay. because um you know people sometimes people meet i feel like Rath and and beth were this way where they he bonded like right away mm-hmm. saw her the scent came out mm-hmm. boom and sometimes people who are meant to be bonded like that bonding scent doesn't come out till They're like much later or something yeah like you know so with john matthew and zex i mean like you know, they've had a couple interactions now. Like, why not the bonding scent? Mm, you know, why does it, when does it come and why does it come? Um, it's just a curiosity. I have no idea. Like, so based on the previous books, I do not see any pattern. Uh, the only thing I can think of that kind of unites them all, except for it doesn't really work for Wrath, I guess, is that when they start to bond, it's when they start to like let their guard down. So, like, the moment when they're finally, um, or, like, when, when, they're, when, they're either, when they're either not expecting it or when this this woman has, like, got under their skin or man in later books has gotten under their skin to the point where it's, like, time? I don't know. To tell you the truth. I don't feel like there's any rhyme or reason because some people do. Yeah, Wrath meets Beth and in that instant is like, she's my mate. I'm going to mark this shit out of her. And then you have Vicious who knew that Jane was his right away um, even while he was literally like on the open heart surgery table. <laughs> uh, then you have Butch. Obviously Butch 
kind of was like half giving a bonding scent off even when he was human. And then as soon as he was vampire, uh, marked her. Then you had Zadist. Um, Zadist didn't do the marking until they had sex, I think. Yeah, it was much later. Um, but his makes sense because he doesn't know anything about himself. So he's like shutting down half his biology anyways. Also, he so I w- guess that would work for Fury as well because Fury yeah. was like doped up all the time. Yeah. So his, the, him and Cormier didn't happen until the end of the book. Right. Same with, same with Revenge. I mean, he was on dopamine, although I guess his bust through. But it makes sense why when he met her at the clinic as a nurse, he never bonded because he was on so much dopamine it wasn't until they like spent more time together and were like intimate it could just be the intimate thing though because now that i'm thinking about it like physical at least some form of physical touch was happening for was all happening. of them either kissing yeah. touching i mean in vicious's case i guess she was like holding his hand or patting his arm or something while he was unconscious um yeah I feel like revenge talked about like seeing elena at the clinic and then like like her being something special but right like that was about it but it was all very clinical and i guess they didn't touch too much and right she barely would want to touch him right yeah <laughs> how sad is it like all the nurses are like trying lots for who's gonna be the one to help also <laughs> i get that he like emanates like a scary vibe because he's a sympath and also just a scary dude but I'm not going to lie. I would have been like, I'll do it. <laughs> what's he going to do in this clinic? <laughs> Nothing. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's he going to do in this clinic? And or what's he going to do, he in, gonna this do <laughs> in this clinic? Oh, my Jesus. All right. So one thing that we haven't talked about yet is that I thought it was quite sad. This book had a lot of sad moments for me, bittersweet moments. So what's two of sad? the saddest were... Uh, Revenge's mom dying, I thought was very, like, bittersweet. I thought it was beautiful Mm -hmm. that she, you know, tells him, like, I never blamed you and I always loved you and I'm glad you killed your father. And I also thought it was very sad that she swears him to secrecy so that, you know, he has to keep lying to his sister forever, even though she's, like, his only relation left. Yeah, but um, one, yes, the super sad Two, I feel like the mom gave him permission to keep lying, which he he wanted to do anyway. And so yeah, not true. having that, not having that guilt, being able to say like, "Mom, <laughs> mom made me swear on her deathbed." Mm. So that's, true. that's why I didn't tell you, because um, he could never tell her. He couldn't yeah. tell her that he was a sympath. And she'd have to turn him in. She, she yeah. I guess he doesn't know. really tell her later either because he. He when she says, "How did it happen?" He just kind of looks at her and she like. Basically, she like, infers. draws her conclusions. Yeah. But he doesn't ever, like, go into it or say, like, oh, BT Dubs, I killed my other dad. Double dad <laughs> aside. <laughs> I know it's patricide, but dad aside sounds way cooler. Dad aside sounds better. I like it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, of course, you know, his dad was the king of the sympaths, which I did not know before this book. I feel like you – I guess I knew – that the princess was his half-sister and that his uncle was the king. So I guess I could have inferred ahead of time that his dad was the king before that. But I did not make that connection. It did not come to me until this book. And then obviously at the end when Rev gets crowned the king of the sympaths. 
Yo, his his uh his half sister, the princess, like that whole thing about having to like sex her up as blackmail and pay and pay her money mm-hmm. and the scorpions and her poisoning him, like that that was a whole lot. Mm-hmm. That was a whole lot. And then when she showed up at Elena's house, yes, or extra. whatever. Th- my heart was actually beating really fast in that scene because I, I didn't remember what happened. I mean, I knew she wasn't going to kill Elena, I know. but it was like, what? I was like, is she going to like scratch her with her creepy three knuckled jointed hands? And <laughs> will she get? She get to get her with the scorpion earring? Yeah, she was creepy. I would be so creeped out. Elena's phone call to Rev's all calm. She's like, uh, the other female came to my house and said some crazy things. Can you call me back? And I would have been like, like yo, you need to snatch this bitch up. <laughs> she is fucking crazy. She is scary. Also, she said she's your sister. She said you two fuck. She said you play bae. Like, also, $250,000 a month for 25 years is a lot of money. A lot of money. That is a lot. So the... The uncle, actually, one of the interesting things I found was that the uncle would not let, uh, he, he was going to let the princess be the heir to the sympaths, you know, crown or throne. But because she, like, took money from revenge to pay humans to do, like, her dirty work, he was like, she not ready. Yeah, she's <laughs> not worthy. That's why she. <laughs> yeah. Like, had and she just was- sat tight, she could have been the king. But she yeah. was a greedy little crazy person and obsessed with Rev and therefore is dead. Yeah. And so when she gets, so actually tell me how you read this because I was slightly confused when she gets taken by Lash. Yeah. And Lash is like, Lash is like, she's my queen. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he loves yeah, he her. He gets so souped. And she was excited to be like fucking him. Yeah. Like, because she gets, she, so remember when she's having sex with revenge, I don't know why I said his name so weird. When she's having sex with revenge, it's for her, it's all about the domination game. So like who can make the other one crack? So yeah. this game with lash turns her on because he's trying to break her and she's going to try to break him back. And so that's why she's excited. And clearly she wins because she gets him to start on unle- like taking out his hands her hands and then she kills the guards and gets away so in her mind like because it's it's now a a battle of strength it's not just like him raping her it's her twisting that around making him love her making him trust her making him want her to the point where she can get away and she's bested him okay hear me out do you think that all of that was like um, so that whole chess game that she's playing, she could have gone, she could have left at any time because she made the um, lessers untie her mentally. Like mentally, they she made them slit their own throats. Like that's what sympaths can do. They can make you do whatever mm-hmm. they want. So at any point, she could have had them untie her and could have gotten out of that situation. Like I would argue that she was in it well i was actually so i don't disagree except for that in my mind he started to trust her and like left one of her hands free or something or like or one hand free for i don't know do you know what i mean like she could have probably gotten out of that situation at any point yeah because i guess he's not like no because didn't he say that the king had given the cuffs that she was trapped with the the silver cuffs like they were special she, so maybe they blocked her ability so the fact that they let he let her out enough 
for her to get into their minds. Oh, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. But yeah, he got totally obsessed with her. And that's the reason that he stole Zex because he went back to the colony to get her back. And then when Zex killed her, he's like, that's the second female of mine you've killed. And then he snatches her. Yeah. Which I'm just not going to enjoy the fact that she's for sure been kidnapped. And I know she's going to fight because she's Zex and she's a badass. But he's definitely going to rape her for sure. I uh, don't say for sure like that. For sure. It's Lash. Lash is the Omega's son. The Omega's all about raping people. Okay. And also, you know it's going to happen. It's going to be sad. I mean, her and John Matthews' story, I remember their storyline having a really sad arc before they got better. But I totally blanked that she had gotten kidnapped. And I totally forgot about the sex they had in this book where – he goes in and like they just have sex and like there's no motion really behind it and she doesn't come and he comes four times and like she describes how her heart cracks because she knows that she did this to him and like broke something in him and then she just lays in bed and like cries all night and I was just like John Matthew grow up how dare you I know she did it to you okay fine I understand why you did it I'm still mad at you this was so sad (laughs) I was sad that scene was heartbreaking yeah this is a little too real for me. I'm like, let's yeah. get back to revenge is the king. Wrath is the king. They're king best buddies. <laughs> well, also, like, I think all their scenes were. So it started off kind of happy for me because the first scene between Zex and John Matthew is Zex literally putting in like a sex fantasy into his mind mm-hmm. as they're like walking through the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so I was I had more of an I thought that they were going to have a lot more playfulness mm-hmm. in this book. And then when they didn't, I was like, mm-hmm. like, and Bridget, I mean, it's just, it got so sad. John Matthew has dipped back into sadness. He had come up into happiness for a bit. Then Wellesley died and Tor left and he went down into sadness. Then Tor came back and he was on the crest up, like maybe Tor's back, it'll be okay. And then Tor was closed off from the world. And then Zex had that soul, sad sex with him to take his virginity, which is the other thing, which she probably didn't know. At the time, but like, what a horrible, like, your two first virginities one is raped out of you, and then the other one you're choosing, but is like, a pity feels, book. yeah, feels like a gratitude pity thing and not like she really wanted to have sex with you. I was sad. I was very sad. So, the one thing about sex that I didn't remember from last time was about um, finding out about murder. Mm. Um, and he was killed because of her, like, he came up to the sympath colony. For her and so that's the other thing about her and John Matthew was that this was so heartbreaking but it all felt justified it didn't feel like one of those things where she was like I'm pushing him away because I just don't I'm not in touch with my feelings it's like no literally I fell in love with a brother before and he was taken from me and so I don't like I'm not going to do this again I'm not going down this road again mm. so I don't disagree like, you know what I mean like so I like that because I don't like when it feels contrived like yeah that angst feels contrived. This is like, no, literally life or death. Like, you know, I really care about this person. I can't be with them. Mm. Yeah, especially since, like, her normal reasons for not being someone would be that she doesn't want them to know she's a half-sympath, but he already knows and clearly doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, I did think it was really sad, though, because after he said, you know, she's like, you're one in a million. Like, go stay at my place. I won't tell anyone where you are. And then she – and I'm like, why couldn't you have just left him alone? 
Yeah. Why why did you have to have sex with him and then just not kiss him and just bounce? Like, why couldn't you have just left him alone? That would have been so much better. At least he could have still maintained his... Like his crush. Yeah, his crush. Well, and just like his and innocence. innocence around it. And yeah, I was sad. I was sad that John Matthew again had to be jolted forward in his story in such a harsh and sad way. But okay, also tell me why. Like, so afterwards, when he goes in, he gets, he buys Gina, who's like a working girl at the club or whatever, for yeah. them all to, to bang, you know, to get back at Zex or mm-hmm. whatever. And she watches on the camera. Mm-hmm. I was like, oof. Oof. Um, but, like, t- why do all three of those boys always bang together? Like, No, what? Blay didn't do it. It was just Quinn and John. Blay sat but at Blay, the table. Yeah, but Blay's, like, always there. <laughs> well, they're always together. It's well, like, because, always- because Quinn has to go where John goes. Oh, I guess. So he could stand right outside, but... They don't I mean, care, I'm, so they just. I'm not fuck complaining. Together. I'm just always like, I'm just always like, why? I feel bad this? for Blay. Poor Blay is just like watching Quinn fucking all these <laughs> fools, and he's like, okay, well, okay, here I stand, <laughs> sitting drinking my Corona by myself at this table. Oh man, but yeah, and then he he banged everybody. He's like, just I feel like it was like a fucking like a little slut drinking his Jack Daniels like a drunk. You know, Bang Fest three thousand. <laughs> it was. It was. That's what happens when you break a. You break a boy, you, you just know? unleash the beast, I guess. I wish he was getting better at holding his orgasm so because he's always like coming like four or five times like a geyser hose. That's all of them, though. They're always like coming and then immediately fucking again and coming again. I think it's like the vampire thing. They're just constantly orgasming. God, I wish. I wish that existed in real life. Let I know. me tell you. That's why I think it's so funny whenever I hear guys are like, oh, I smashed that pussy. She couldn't take any more. And I'm like, she could have taken like 10 more dudes. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about how <laughs> she could have taken a lot more dick. You did not smash it. You might have pleasured it. But I can tell you right now, the female body can do a lot. A lot more than you can, sir. Normally when I feel like when a girl is like, oh my God, I can't take anymore. Like, oh, it's so much. It's because literally she's like, oh my God, you were terrible. You are smashing it and not in a good way. And I need this to be over. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope in those instances, dear listeners, you tell the person that you're smashing with how to do it. Little to the left, little to the right, lower, faster, slower, up, down, over, yeah, uh uh-huh, there, 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 there. Yes, yes, yes. Stay, 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 stay. 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 Don't move, don't move. Don't come, don't come. (laughs) Because it's important to help instruct. They cannot feel what you're feeling. In the same way, I find instructive criticism very helpful. I would like to make you feel as good as I do. So if you would like things a little to the left, I'm happy to oblige as long as that doesn't hurt me. You know, I want to make your life beautiful if you let me. Uh, in the complete opposite direction of loving someone, I loved the way that the reverend served the princess and just like tore into her mind and like amped up all her feelings of love for him. And she was like walking towards him with devotion. And then he was just like, Elena is my revered queen. And she just like, her mind exploded and she stabbed herself. And then he made her like twist the knife. I was like, yes. That. Yes. That was mm-hmm. 25 years too late. But yes. 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 I was like, ah, so late. And I, I couldn't figure out earlier because he wouldn't let Zex do anything about her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why have why is there no investigation into this? Okay. Why is it that he just goes and does it? He doesn't try to like he's he's like this big kingpin. So she 
Okay, so I was confused. I was about to ask that because they said in previous books that the princess had some sort of like insurance policy. If she died, his secret would get out to all vampires. But I don't understand why, like, is that not triggered? Because in future books, it's not, as far as I remember, maybe it did and I just don't remember, but in future books, it isn't triggered. Like, whatever her insurance policy is, like, not everyone finds out he's a sympath. Yeah. Or maybe so, I'm wrong and everyone does and we'll find out in future books. <laughs> I know. We've been we've been wrong before. But, like, but I, I don't remember that. Maybe it was just a threat. There was actually no insurance yeah. policy, but he didn't he didn't know that. Or maybe uh, they were it, worried that because she's the wife of the uncle, the uncle would come and tell everyone or something or call maybe. him back to the colony or something. I guess maybe, but like I don't yeah. know. It's I just feel it like it wrapped up pretty neatly with him becoming the king. <laughs> It all worked out so great. It all great. worked Elena out. Happily, got all the money. Happily ever after. <laughs> in the best way possible. How many books until we get to Zex and John Matthews? It's the next back? one. <gasps> what? Yeah, it's the next one. <laughs> so excited. So excited for this. All right, let's take a quick break. And we'll be right back with our ratings for this book. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group, where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. All right, Johnny, tell me how many heroin peach booties you got for me today. So, Elena, I gave... Five peach booties. Me too. I love her. I did too. I love it. It was so romantic. I loved their love. I was just like, oh my gosh. And I thought that like she made a good ratio of like smart decisions to stupid decisions. I agree. Like to (laughs) to impulsive decisions. And at the end of the day, I felt like I could count on her. And I think that's really what like she didn't, there wasn't a moment in the book where she frustrated me where I was like, you know, when you want to let's shake them. Yes. Like. That never happened for me with her. I I really enjoyed her. I enjoyed. Why'd you like her? I loved her. Same reasons. Like I felt like at no point was I like you are being so stupid. I also felt like none of her decisions were out of character. So she never dipped into a different character for me. She always like was steadfast. Uh, I thought the way she cared for her dad was beautiful. I thought her relationship with revenge was beautiful. I liked that she stood up to Zex. I was for it. I was for it all. I like that at the end, he's like, I don't think I should be the king. And she's like, mm, actually, I think you should be the king. And <laughs> I just liked it. I liked her. What about yeah. what about dear old Reverend Revenge? Well, Revenge, I had to give a five. I had to give him a five. Shawnee, yeah. five's all around today. We agreed. Oh, I my know. gosh. <laughs> I know. It's so exciting. I think at the core of it, though, like, besides that, I just thought, like, he made a lot of in-character decisions. Like, mm-hmm. um, but I just, I did love their love story, and I thought it yeah. was a sweet love story. I, yeah. I didn't know how you could take a character who's this pimp, like crazy drug lord, mm-hmm. and give him a sweet love story, and for it to not feel weird. Yeah. But, but this was that, and yeah. I was like, oh, I had all the feels for this book. I had all the feels for this book too, Shani. I'm so happy mm-hmm. you're joining me on the feels train. Um, <laughs> Did you think he was a McDreamy or a McSteamy in this book? Oof. I mean, he was both. A, a, a McDreamy? 
I said he was McSteamy. He was McSexy. He was McFuck Me Now, please. Yes. Yeah. I like the McFuck Me Now. Like yes. that's, that's the way. Like uh, I I thought the romance was there, so the McDreamy. And mm-hmm. I thought that he, every time he had, he gave it to her he and gave it was it all her. about her pleasure, he gave it to her. He did. So, so, I mean, it, it filled all of my holes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought they're like classy vanilla, sort of very romantic. But with like a little bit of dirty talking, mm-hmm. uh, was it was working for me? Was yeah, doing the job. and the the, the phone sex, the I was phone like, sex. Mm-hmm. I was into the phone sex. Love, yeah, love it. Which at the end of the day, I always have to remember that J.R. Ward wrote this. Like the things I'm reading, this woman wrote. And when you look at her picture, just read some of her lines and look at her picture at the same time, and it'll blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look at her picture while I'm reading these books. You weirdo. <laughs> you got it. You got it because uh, the tiny glasses, all the the whole package, it just really, it'll so fuck funny. you up. What what's your favorite line, you weirdo? Okay, so I picked three. Ooh, join <laughs> in the multiple train. I mean, this book was twenty four hours long in audio. Yeah, so. It was five hundred and twenty four pages. It was oh a long gosh. book. Yeah, long. So. Okay, so uh, I like this one from Elena, which is sometimes the only thing that got you through hell was that you were in too deep to pull out. I like that one a lot. It was like a, just a line that resonated in general. I like this one. If I keep going, I think I'd find your nipples are hard, and I bet there are other signs you're ready for me. He leaned into her ear and whispered, are you ready for me, Elena? Holy mm. shit. And I was like, Ooh. yes, she ready. Yes, she ready. Listo, listo. Listo, papi. Ay, papi, so ready. Um, <laughs> okay, so another one I picked is, um, I feel like mine are like not the sexy ones, but um, they were the feels. So whether you have sight or not, I see the future in your eyes. I thought that Back. was sweet. I thought that, that was, was a sweet moment. They had a lot of really sweet moments for me in this book. They did. They had reconfirmation moments. They I feel did. Like you they fall did. in love, and then there's moments where I feel like in your relationship, anybody, you're like, you start either questioning things or you start feeling a little bit distanced, mm-hmm. right? And then you have these reconfirmation moments that help you feel reconnected. And I think whenever you go through those and you reconnect, your bond gets deeper. You mm-hmm. start going through the levels in your relationship. Like you can't just be in a relationship at level nine. No. You have to go through through these distancing moments, and now you're at level two. And the next yeah. time it happens, if you get through it, you'll be at level three. <laughs> yeah. Leo, Leo always tells me that you can't be happy all the time, Bridget. <laughs> you have to have the lows to get the highs. And I'm like, shut up. You. <laughs> not not true, but stop. You're like, uh, out of my face. <laughs> all right. So my second one was they were rulers who sat alone on their thrones. They were kings. And I was like. Wrath has a king buddy now. <laughs> I liked it. I like that. Uh, okay, my last one, even though I picked four, but I'm not going to read the fourth one. I'm just going to read this third one. Um, okay, so this one had me so in my feels because this is a kind of like something that my partner and I say to each other, which is like, uh, so this is from Revenge. And he says, you keep showing up here, being who you are. There was a pause. I'm going to fall in love with you. And I was like, oh, I love that. Because, like, my partner always looks at me and he, he says, he's like, you come here on purpose. 
Yeah. Like, and then he just looks shocked. Like, like he's Aww. like, you, you come here. And it always gets me every time. Like, he looks at me a certain way and says, you come here. Like, you choose to come here. Like, yeah. you know you're coming here, right? Yeah. Like, you- <laughs> Yeah, I got Revenge's entire sort of psyche of, like, not thinking that he's worthy. And every time she shows up for him, kind of being like, but you're so good and I'm not worthy of you. Like, why would you be here? She's yeah. like, how could I not? I love you. And I was like, I love <laughs> The feels, oh my the feels train. It's such, such the feels. I was really in the romance side of my brain when I read this Yay. book too. So, so I loved it. Yeah. Did you have, did you have a favorite review? I Rich? did. It was from Whitney, who gave it four out of five stars. Uh, she said this series keeps getting harder and harder to review. Each book covers so much information across so many characters. I can't possibly get in touch on everything. Uh, and I was like, yeah. She goes into a longer thing where she has GIF reactions for each character with, like, what happened with them with a funny GIF. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty hysterical. But I just thought that was so true because it's getting harder and harder to do these podcasts because there's so much to do. This is going to be such a long episode. And I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry because we had to talk about a lot of things today. We do. And it almost feels like we don't know where to start. Yeah. Like, you know, and because the characters are jumping around, they're all yeah. interacting with each other. It's yeah. like, whose story do you tell first? Yeah. And honestly, they talked as equally um, about Beth and Wrath as yeah. they did about Elena and Revenge. I agree. I you agree. know, so you're like, whose book is this? I know. And also, <laughs> I did not have my notes together today. So my mind was chaotic. And I apologize <laughs> in advance, dear listeners. Or actually, okay, is- maybe I apologize at the end since this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, like we're trying something new today, listeners, which is that Bridget and I are actually in two different locations. We are recording this over um over Google Hangout. The, so this is the first time that we're doing this because I am at my sister's house. Yeah. Uh recuperating. So this is really uh, I'm actually really excited to see how this turns out. It could be a shit show, but it could also be amazing because we are amazing. I think it's going to work. I do like that I can at least see your face because I feel like if yes. I couldn't see you the whole time, I would be like, first of all, you know, I get very fidgety anyways, but I'd be like moving around so much that there'd be so much clatter on the other end. You would have been like, God damn it, Bridget, I can't <laughs> edit this nonsense. So I'm glad that I can see you. So I have something to focus on because uh, I'm already feeling fidgety because this was a long episode. and. Yeah, but let us know how it goes. Let us know what you thought. What was your favorite review before we leave? Because My favorite review, let's wrap this up, is uh, from Cindy L. on Audible. She gave it five out of five stars. Nice. And she said, this is the longest BDB (laughs) book at about 24 hours, and it was hard to put down my... And it was hard to put down my earphones for any of it. I think this is one of the best books so far. Closely tied with number three, Lover Awakened, Zetas Bella. And number four, Lover Revealed, Butch Marissa. I thought this installment was emotionally deeper than the last couple of books. Or maybe I just had a hard time liking Fury or relating to Vicious. This book is about revenge and Elena and has a lot of twists and turns, as they all do, but I feel more empathy for those two characters. This book also delves a little more into John and Zex, and there was quite a bit about Wrath and Beth, too. I can't wait for the next book. Lover Mind, due out in on April 2010. Oh my god, 2010? Yeah. If you haven't read this series, you need to start at the beginning with Dark Lover and work your way forward. It's a series you shouldn't skip around in. <laughs> so- as one leads to another. They are very dark emotionally and high sexual. They are very dark emotionally and highly sexual in nature. 
So yeah. I felt I, I feel like that. that really wrapped it up. Yeah, she wrapped it up. Well, thanks so much. Who was that from Audible? That was Cindy L. Thank you, Cindy L. Way to wrap this whole thing up. Well, Shawnee, I think that's all we got for the folks today. That's all we got. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> Until then, may your books be your lover. And your hand, your best friend. Yowzas! Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.